You're listening to the Ellie Castro Show. I am Ellie Castro. And I'm Emeline Ramos. And you are the person responsible for having made my 50th birthday a memorable one. Well, ya tu sabes. Happy birthday to you. You know I love you. Now, you know that uh, in the previous episode, uh, we discussed my lack of interest. Your fear of turning 50? Yeah, but just overall my interest in birthdays. You know, I'm not a big fan, but coming up to this one, I kind of felt like maybe I should celebrate it. You had mentioned it multiple times where you weren't sure if you should celebrate. You didn't really want to make a big deal about it. You normally don't make a big deal about your birthdays. But what got me was how quiet you were. You know, it almost seemed seemed like um like you just didn't even think about it you know so i was like well i don't want anything but the fact that you're not even like trying to put something together was bothering me a little bit well if you're gonna surprise somebody you don't talk to them about it i know but you've never really done something like that i'm usually the one that's like working the surprise for months like when i proposed right i was working that for like nine months just telling you i don't want to get married i don't want to get married don't even think about it right see i could work my magic in a shorter amount of time i don't need nine months (laughs) wow (laughs) <laughs> All right. So let's explain. Because there was one night mm-hmm. where I had to figure out how I can break you. I needed to know if you were keeping something from me, if you were planning. So I was like, uh, I'm kind of disappointed. Let's just call a spade a spade. And let's just say that you got mad at me because I hadn't planned anything. But I used the word disappointed. And that's worse, right? Like as a kid, you're like, well, my parents are mad at me. Oh, big deal. But when they say they're disappointed in you. Yeah, I have to agree because that takes me back to the seventh grade. I was in seventh grade. And uh, my teacher, Mrs. Pico, she had left the classroom for something and she said, I'll be right back now behave. And some of the kids ran and started like playing around and playing around with the piano that we had in the class. And I was like, "Okay, you know, I'll do it, too. Right. So we're all kind of goofing off. And she comes back and, of course, catches me on the piano. Right. Like (laughs) everybody had played the piano and I was just one of them. And she had caught me. And then after class, she comes up to me and she goes, I'm disappointed in you, Ellie. I expected more from you. And that hurt me more than if she had just yelled at me and been like, I told you to behave. Yeah, get off the piano. Now you just sit there and you're in detention. You know what I mean? Like that word always stuck with me. So maybe (laughs) subconsciously I was like Mrs. Pico when I told you I was disappointed. If people could just see my face right now. Yeah, they Mm -hmm. could see your face. So literally we were were sitting on the floor watching TV and he's like, so have you planned anything for my birthday? And I was like, "Uh, well, I started to say something Uh and you like cut me off. And you're like, no, don't. Don't make excuses. Because I thought you were, no, I actually thought you were going to be like, well, do you want me to do something? I can put something together. Would you like balloons? Would you like (laughs) confetti? And I'm like, I don't want that either. And then he says, do you know that I planned Mikey's 50th birthday for like months? Okay, for months. Okay, I got to stop you. And here? I got to stop you because you're making me look horrible. I'm not making you look anyway. I'm I'm putting it out there like it is. I know, but I I didn't sound that angry. I was, you know, I was commenting for Mikey, I planned his birthday and it takes time. (laughs) You know, like if you want to do something, it takes time. Now, this whole time, I didn't know that you were already planning something, that something was in the works. But I wanted to see if like somehow you'd be like, okay, fine, I'm planning something or, or you know what? I tried, but I couldn't. You know, like I was trying to get something from me because you had the best poker face. Like you were just looking at me like if we had just met 
met six months ago and you just realized that it was my birthday next week. So then you said what you said, that you were disappointed. You said you didn't want to talk about it anymore. You said don't mention anything again. I know, but you were supposed to be like, okay, now look. Okay, all right, I can't take it anymore. I want to say that I tried, but you stopped me. <laughs> oh, man, it backfired. I wanted you to be like, okay, fine. Okay, I've got something in the works. You'll love it. And I would have been like, oh, nice. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I didn't mention anything else and I didn't talk about it ever again. So then let's tell people what the surprise was. Well, I just wanted something intimate and I just wanted you to celebrate with the people that love you the most and like our close friends. And then I called your parents and I had them come. I knew your mother was going to be on board and I got Mikey. I really threatened, not didn't threaten Mikey, but I was like, listen, no excuses. You got to come. Like, I need you here. Like, that's it. You can't say no. Yeah, so Mikey flew in for what, like a night? Literally, he flew in for like 24 hours. My parents flew in from New York. They're retired, so I know that they can, you know, take the time off. I had Jose and Lissette come. Of course, you know they were going to be there. And then I had Tito and Janet. I think Janet mentioned that Tito even canceled a rehearsal that night so that they could come. Hey, everybody, this is Tito Nieves. You're listening to The Eddie Castro Show. I'm a huge fan. And then we had Monica and Doug, and Monica is Sandra's sister, and Doug is her husband. Chicago Doug and Company. Yeah, Doug is like my brother-in-law. Monica is still kind of like my sister-in-law. So it was nice. It was like extended family. And then we had Sandra and Alexi. It rounded out perfectly. Right. And let me tell you something. Sandra was like my right-hand woman. She helped me like hide all the packages. She made sure that you didn't know anything. And she decorated before we got there. Yeah. So that's what makes everything so hard to believe. My ex-wife was helping my wife plan my 50th party. Good job. Yeah. So I couldn't have any Amazon packages delivered here. So everything that I ordered from Etsy and Amazon got sent to her house. But you've had so many packages delivered here and I usually pick them up and I I put them uh, on the chair. I put them on the table. I know, but because it was going to be close to your birthday, I didn't want you to ask any questions. What's this box? Nothing. What do you mean nothing? Yeah, it's nothing. Did you order nothing? Uh, I ordered something, but it's not for you. Okay, what's that something though? I don't want to talk about it. Why don't you want to talk about it? Because it's private. Why is it private? Nothing's private between you and I. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> That's exactly the kind of questioning. And that's why you were like, I'm not even going to, I'm just going to send them to Sandra. So when I ordered the Amazon packages, I, you know, I just put them with my name because I even used my best friend's Amazon account because I couldn't use our Amazon account. And then I had, you know, delivered to Emmeline Ramos and then I just put Sandra's address, right? Uh -huh. Which I thought was whatever. Great. No, no big deal. But I'm there all the time. But you are there all the time. Right. And then apparently you were there when Amazon came. So out of the blue I see the lady and I don't know I just had this uh, impulse to be like oh look my packages are here completely random had no ulterior motive I just was you know was trying to be goofy and funny they freak out now of course I don't know what's going on right and they're like no don't worry about that don't go outside and I'm like what those are my packages right again I'm just trying to be funny they're not laughing they're like freaking out. No, don't go outside. So now I go outside. This lady's coming in with packages. Sandra's running at her like, no, give them to me. Give them to me. And I'm at the door going, those are my packages. Don't give it to that woman. Those are my packages. She thinks it's a domestic situation. So she's like, uh, uh, um. And Sandra, of course, doesn't want her to say the name on the box, right? Or the packages. 
Right. So she's like, that's me, that's me, that's me. Grabs the packages. Now Sandra's mom is trying to pry me away from the door because she doesn't want me, I guess, to look at the packages as Sandra's walking in. There's a huge situation. <laughs> and I'm like, what happened? I'm just trying to be funny. Just randomly saying, look at my packages. And I don't know what they know, right? Right. And then she brings in the boxes and she runs to her mom's room. She locks herself in there. And I go, are you messing with me? Or is this... <laughs> Are they for me? But why would they be for me? I try not to think about it too much because then if you start thinking and wishing and fantasizing and then your birthday comes and all you get is a cupcake with one candle, you're going to be disappointed. No, no. So then that night I come home from work and you tell me this story, right? Yeah. And I'm sitting there on the couch and I have to keep a straight face. On the inside, I'm cringing because I'm like, oh my God, those are our packages. And then you say this. You say, it's not like the packages would have your name, right? Because you wouldn't have something delivered to Sandra's place with your name on it. You would just put Sandra's name. Because I was thinking if it doesn't have my name, then it would have your name. Like I, I was trying to think of reasons why they would freak out. And I'm like, it's not like they would have your name, right? And again, I'm trying to see <laughs> if I can elicit some kind of response. But you had the best face and you said, no, of course not. Why would I do that? I got to get you to play poker with Jose. And then on the inside, I was like, yes, that's me. The knucklehead that sent the packages to the ex-wife's house with my name on it. Knowing that I'm there all the time. <laughs> and of course, I would be there when the packages get delivered. Oops. <laughs> Work has gotten to that place again where people are mean again. Really? Yeah. Didn't you face some of this like a couple of years ago, you know, like during the peak of the pandemic? Yeah, we did. I mean, I understand people's frustration like with the pandemic. And, you know, I know our numbers are not as high right now, but we are in a flu peak for kids right now. Uh -huh. So we're seeing a lot of influenza cases. And so we are seeing a lot of sick kids in the clinic and our wait time has been extended. Like you can easily wait three to four hours to see us now in the clinic. Three to four hours is not like the flu would be gone by then. You know what I mean? Like, like if I came in I'd be, and you'd be like, okay, we can see you now. I'd be like, actually, my kid doesn't have the flu anymore. So I appreciate it. Thank you. And I think also people have are forgetting that we're still in a pandemic or that we still have COVID and people are refusing to wear their mask. They want to walk into my clinic without a mask. See, and that's the thing. I think that a place like a clinic, a hospital, I think it's just good practice to wear a mask. Even if you told me the pandemic was over, I'd be like, uh, I've learned a couple of things from this pandemic. And I think that in certain places, you should wear a mask, you know, including airports, including airplanes. I think, why wouldn't you? If you go to Japan, if you go to China, like these Asian countries, they wear masks just because of like pollen or pollution, pollution but I'm saying allergy yeah. reasons. But like in a clinic, even before the pandemic, I'd always be like taking short breaths you know what I mean? Because, you know, there's germs and stuff. You know what I mean? But especially now. Right. And so if I walk into a room and the parent doesn't have a mask or the child doesn't have a mask, I immediately ask them to please put their mask on. And then the other day I walked in and the lady and the, and the kid didn't have a mask on. And she said, well, I don't have a mask. And I walked out and I came back with a mask for both of them. Which she should not be surprised. You're in a clinic. If you say you don't have a mask, chances are they're going to get you a mask. Yeah, we did at the front desk. So what happened to the mask that they gave you at the front desk? What did you do with it? Did you throw it away when you got into the room? Oh, that makes it even worse. So she was given a mask when she entered, 
and then waited. And then when she went into the examination room, then says, I don't have a mask. What did you do with it? Uh, it's in my pocket. So when I came back with the mask, she had a stank face on her face. Of course. But that's what I'm saying. I don't understand why she could have that face. That's exactly what's going to happen. And now she's mad because what she put herself in that position. Again, I want to protect myself. I want to protect my staff. And right now we're in the middle of a flu outbreak with children. And so I don't want the flu either. So, you know, I require masks. It is still mandated in a clinic to wear a mask. And nothing. Yeah, she was up. She put it on, but she was upset. And of course, she put it on under her nose. Of course. Yeah, because she needs to breathe. And I just feel bad for like my front staff because they have to sit there and endure all the bad looks that these parents give them because they see all these people coming in. And like if they're walk-ins, they have to wait. And then, of course, the other day we had like five families in the front and a little kid comes in with a laceration. That child will take priority. So that child comes in immediately. Yeah, it's kind of like if you're in the ER and uh, you've got a sprained foot and somebody comes in with a bullet hole and then they pass you and you go, hey, that's not fair. I need my foot bandaged. Yeah. You know, and this guy's bleeding out and you're like, oh, come on, really? Right. So they, you just got pushed to the back of the line again. At that point, I'd be like, I'm just going to go. You know, maybe it's not much of an emergency because let's face it, a lot of your cases aren't really emergencies. Yeah, I would say about a quarter of my patients that come in a day are not urgent cases. Uh, and they could have called their primary doctor and asked them questions or been seen by their doctor. Like what? What are these cases that are coming in thinking they're urgent and they're not? I had a little three-year-old little girl with an insect bite on her leg. No. Okay, to her defense or to the parents' defense, sometimes people come in with insect bites that have been infected, right? Like because they scratch so much mm -hmm. that they get really red and swollen and they look infected. This little girl's was just literally a little red spot on her leg. At what time did they come in? They were like one of the first ones in the door. Oh, first ones. Yeah, they were one of my first patients of the day. So they were like getting ready. They knew what time it would open. They had been waiting there probably a couple of hours. And they were in the group of people that had been waiting like when we opened the doors to like rush in. And this was during the weekend shift? Yes, this is one of my during my weekend shifts. So we're talking 10 a.m. Right. Mm -hmm. So they were there before 10, mm -hmm. which means they were getting ready at 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning for the insect bite. Yes. Which probably took place that same morning. <laughs> probably. And how old's the kid? She was three. Oh, come on. Do you know what it would take my mother to take me to an urgent care clinic? Do you have any idea? I once was playing with a friend outside in the snow, and he had a pencil in his pocket. I don't know why. Nobody knows why, right? <laughs> and we're wrestling and play fighting. And that pencil point got stuck in my leg and broke off. And I didn't know this until I was trying to take my clothes off to take a shower. And I saw a dark gray little molehill coming out of my leg. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, that can't be good. This looks really bad, right? <laughs> and I'm already a hypochondriac, so I was freaking out. And it looked, it almost looked like, like if there was a nail stuck in my leg. But because I was outside in the snow, it was numb. Right. If I was my own father and I saw that, I would be, forget the ambulance. I would rush you to the hospital. I'm like, oh my God. You might lose your leg. <laughs> my father and my mother saw that. Mm -hmm. They looked at each other and they were like, oh, we could take it out. Whatever it is, we could take it out. They were their own urgent care clinic. 
You understand? Nice. Like my mother was like, oh, Ellie, let me get you the tweezers. And right. they just, I don't know, they wanted to play doctor and nurse. My father was doing the operating and my mother was assisting. My parents did something like that with my sisters when they were little. I clearly remember one of my sisters putting Play-Doh up her nose. And my parents just were like, we can do this. We can remove this. They grabbed some tweezers and they went in to try to remove the, the Play-Doh. And of course, with the saliva and the mucus and the crying, the Play-Doh just kept going up and up and up. Oh, the nose. my God. And they just kept putting out little pieces, little <laughs> yeah. pieces, little pieces until yeah. when? Until they couldn't reach it anymore. And my sister refused to like stay still and they had to take her in. And they probably blamed that on your sister. Well, you know, if you had just stayed still, we could have gotten it out. Right. It's exactly what my father said. I have patients like that that come in with similar situations and the parents have tried at home and they're unsuccessful to remove something and they just make it worse for me. So sometimes I feel like don't try to remove it at home. Let us do it because you've dug it in deeper and it's harder for me to take it out and or you've caused more pain to the child and now they really don't want anybody to come near it. Yeah, but you don't tell them that. No, I don't. <laughs> but you but you would want to. Yes, I yeah. would. Yeah. So after you do your job, if you could just tell them something as they were leaving the door, what would you tell them? Next time, call one of us first. Like call your doctor first or come here first. Let us take care of it. Let the professionals take care of it. Okay, but isn't there like a situation where you could advise and consult over the phone if you could take phone calls like from my father when i had the pencil stuck in my leg what if he had called you and asked for advice could you walk him through it yeah all right so let's see what that would have been like thank you for calling the urgent care clinic this is dr ramos how may i help you uh hello uh my son has something stuck in his leg and uh i don't want to take him anywhere because it costs too much money so i want to take care of it at the house tell me more about what's in his leg I don't know. It's something gray and dark. Uh, it uh, doesn't look uh, good. Okay. Um, do we know how this happened? He was playing outside with his uh, dumb friend who likes to carry pencils in his pockets for some uh, crazy reason. I never liked the kid, you know? Is he in a lot of pain, sir? The kid or my son? The friend? Because the friend should be in a lot of pain. If I get a hold of him. Your son, your son. Oh, he's always crying about everything. Okay, so, you know, you can bring him into the clinic and I can take a look at him. No, I don't think so. No, because that costs money and you're going to want the uh, copay and the payment and the taxes and the fees. That's okay. Yes, but typically we don't give medical advice over the phone in these type of situations. Yeah, but typically, you know, you're a doctor and typically, you know, I need your help. So typically you can help me. Well, it would be much better if I could see it. Then yeah. I could, you know, yeah. help you a little better. Yeah, it would be much better if he didn't have that friend, you know. But he has the friend. He has the pencil in his leg. And uh, I have you on the phone. So. Oh, oh, so it's a pencil in his leg. Like a whole pencil? That's what the kid is saying. The kid is crying because, uh, oh, I, I found my pencil and it's missing uh, the lead. So he's got lead in his leg. He's going to probably lose his leg if we don't uh, act now. Well, well I, I don't think he's going to lose his leg. But I really do think that you should bring him in so I can take a look at it. And then I can remove it here in the clinic. I, I really think you should help me. So um, I have my wife get me tweezers. Okay. Okay. I was going to use some pliers. No, 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 no. The, the tweezers are fine. Okay. Same thing. Tweezers, pliers, whatever. Okay. Have you given him anything for the pain, sir? Uh, he's too young for alcohol. You want me to give him some... Uh... No, no. Like ibuprofen or Tylenol. No, we don't have that. That costs money. Okay. So you, you may want to start with that because if, if he's in pain, you want to control that first before you go digging into his oh, leg. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is getting really complicated. Look, I'm so, just going to grab it. Oh, now he's crying and screaming. Jesus. So that's why you 
you should just bring him in and I can do it for you, sir. No, I can do this. I went to school, okay? You went to medical school, sir? Uh, engineering, but that's close. Oh, okay. That's pretty close, right? Yeah. We're studying bridges and you're studying human bodies. Sure, yeah. So yeah. I think you should stop, sir. Why don't you just stop and bring him into the clinic? He should stop moving around. That's what, can I'm going to put him on the phone. Can you tell him to stop moving around? I've always wanted to ask Papi what he was thinking when he decided he could play doctor, you know, being an engineer, that he could actually go in and perform surgery on my leg. Yeah. Let's ask him. Hello. Hello, Papi. Bendición. Emily and I were talking about uh, parents who, before taking their kids to the urgent care clinic, they try to play doctor. Okay. And it reminded me of the time that I got a pencil stuck in my leg. Remember that? Uh, barely remember but oh, yeah barely that's okay. that's nice it's convenient and i yes. and do you remember uh playing doctor and asking mom for tweezers remember that yeah okay can you just um walk us through that thought process what made you think that you could perform surgery that day on your son just to take a little something stuck in your skin oh in my skin okay all right yeah. And, and you thought, yeah. did, did you at least clean the, the tweezers with alcohol before you went in there? Uh, I don't remember that, that in that detail. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like back yeah. in the day, why wear seatbelts, right? Ah, uh, you know, eh, we're, we're okay. Probably it was a very uh, standard procedure of cleaning up uh, the wound before uh, doing any minor surgery, if you want to call it. Yeah. And do you remember the, the screaming and the crying? Yeah, that's probably uh, when I put the alcohol. Uh -huh. And uh, do you remember what you were telling me? I, I'm trying to remember your bedside manners. Do you remember your bedside manners as a doctor? Uh, this is not going to hurt. Uh, take it easy. It's, uh, it's going to be quick and easy. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> you better stay still. Shut up. Stop crying. You have nothing to cry about. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. You're not going to hurt that much. Don't right. worry about it. And you actually thought it was a screw or a nail. I think it was a pencil. Was it a pencil? Yeah, it was a pencil when I brought it back from the hospital. Whatever it was, you thought you could just pull it out and then what? Mommy would clean it and stitch it? What, what was the plan? Just pull it out and uh, clean it. And put a band-aid on it. And put a band-aid on it. Ay, Dios mío. You know, I yeah. yeah, I still have a scar from your little uh, experiment. Yeah? Yeah, I call it the uh, Papi and Mommy Play Doctor and Nurse Scar on my leg. Oh, really? Yeah. A very small, small spot. You really can see it. Yeah, yeah, I can really see it, and I can still feel it. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to understand what it was that made you guys think that you could perform minor surgery on the sofa in the living room of our house. Uh, yeah, I thought it was just a little, just like you said, tweezers, pull a little bit out and clean it, and put a bandaid on. No need to go to the hospital. No, That's where they get the money, right? <laughs> <laughs> just like just like when I separated my shoulder and the doctor went, that's going to need surgery. And my father went, no, that's just what they say to get money. You know, what well, What else can you do? And the guy was like, "Uh, well, we can strap his shoulders down with this apparatus that hasn't been used since the 15th yeah, century. But, but uh, it'll take six weeks. It's got buckles and belts. I, I don't think any human should. And my father was like, yep, strap them up. That's what we'll do. No, do that. That's how much is that? 1995. Yep. Do that. Did it work? Yeah. 
I guess, yeah, I guess uh, it worked. Yeah. Well, yeah, well. <laughs> You're running on a half the surgery, right? <laughs> You're welcome. See that? <laughs> I, I, I was one for two. I messed up the leg, but I got the shoulder right. I love you, Bobby. Okay, man. Well, you. basically has said everything that I hear. Everything that the parents tell me, that's exactly what your father said. It's no big deal. Yeah. I, I just thought it was a little thing. I could do this at home. I just thought, you know, a little tweezer, just clean it with a little alcohol. I could take this out. No big deal. Yeah, and they're always there when you want to give them options. Like, we could do this or we can do that. What's the cheapest option? <laughs> What's the cheapest option? And what's going to get me in and out the fastest? Yeah, I need to get out of here. What's the fastest way and the cheapest way for me to get through this? You know, pencil tips is very common. That's something that's very common that comes into the clinic. Pencil tips that are stuck inside like kids' fingers or hands. Ugh. And, of course, everybody's concerned about lead poisoning, mm -hmm. right? But pencils are not made of lead. They're not? No, it's not lead. It's graphite. It's what? not dangerous. What? You do want to remove it, right? Because you don't want anything stuck in your body. But it's not lead, people. What? Yeah. What about with, with the whole licking the pencil? Don't lick the pencil because you get lead poisoning. No, pencils are not made of lead. That's like what? the old, yeah, it's graphite. You're not going to get lead poisoning. Go ahead, kids. Lick the pencils. <laughs> <laughs> And that was the Ellie Castro Show. I am Ellie Castro. And I'm Emeline Ramos. For more information about upcoming shows, mi gente, you can go to elliecastro.com. You can follow me on social media under Ellie Castro Comedy. And my book, Made for This, is available for sale on my website, elliecastro.com. Remember, mi gente, life is so much better when you're laughing. Hasta la próxima. And let's not forget to be kind to our healthcare workers. Okay, people? Thank you. Thank you. Operations, the wacky doctor game. Remove the pieces and collect your fee, but don't touch the sides or. Operation, you're the doctor collecting all your pay. Operation, you're the doctor. It's so much fun to play. Operation from Milton Bradley. It'll leave you in stitches. Stop it.